Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking about substance abuse and the marketing of substances to youth. Joining me is Dr. Gary Kirkulis. He's a pediatrician in Phoenix, Arizona, and a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Kirkulis, I'm going to ask you, we've done a previous podcast before, you and I, but I'm going to ask you to sort of reiterate what you told us in a different one, because I think it applies very well to this particular topic. Tell us, you have this very unique practice. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Absolutely. In certain populations, low-income communities and homeless communities, they have a real difficulty uh, obtaining medical care. So one of the solutions uh, with the Phoenix Children's Hospital is to physically bring uh, the medicine to these these communities. So I have a really, a really interesting, great job. I basically drive a 40-foot medical RV. It's complete with two exam rooms and a laboratory um, and a pharmacy. Uh, and we physically drive this to schools and homeless shelters and group homes where the patient population in these communities can receive care. And a lot of them would not have access to healthcare that's completely free. And we kind of serve as a one-stop shop where they can come in, they get a physical, get their vaccines, get labs done, walk out with a script for a medication if, if necessary, or get labs drawn if necessary. So it's a, it's a real asset to, to the community, and it's uh, something I'm very proud to, to be a part of. I would imagine that you are so... That leads well into our discussion because substance abuse and substance use is so prevalent now. I don't know if you can tell me if it's more prevalent. I'm 56, so I don't know if it's more prevalent now than it was when I was a teen. But, of course, we didn't really know all the dangers. And, oh, geez, you know, it's like you think back and you get the wiggles thinking what you did. And God forbid my kids would do some of those reckless things that we did. And we're lucky enough to come out on the other end from. But... What do you see happening today with kids? Because as we talk about marijuana and things, it's getting legalized recreationally, not just medically, but recreationally all over the country. So now this is a different conversation than it might have been when it was an illegal substance. So tell us what you're seeing. So to, to answer your first question, you know, I, we have pretty good data uh, for the past couple decades about cannabis use. And at least since th- from 2010, cannabis use has leveled off. And we're seeing about uh, when we ask high school seniors, about 35% of them will, will say they've used cannabis in the past year. And then and on the other end of the spectrum, eighth graders, about 11% will say they have used cannabis. Um, and so it's remained about it's fairly steady um, in the past 10 years. A big question is, is as we see legalization, does that lead to increased use amongst uh, youth? And, you know, it's sort of a contentious uh, argument and you, you can find studies that point in both directions. So for example, in Washington, that that legalized was one of the first states to legalize. Um, there are some studies that show youth use increased, some studies that show a decrease, and some studies that show there's been no change. So it's still so, sort of up in the air. I would say overall, there's no clear evidence that as we witness state legalized, we're, we're seeing increased use. 
but I would preface that with the fact that it's already present in every high school and every community. It doesn't matter if you're in a low-income community or a high-income community. Um, if you have a high schooler, you can 100% guarantee that there's cannabis use uh, within the high school. So it's kind of already too late to, to say, you know, whether it's legal or not, whether we have, it's going to enter our high schools. It's already present. So. Well, it really is. And I mean, I think that I was somebody who was quite surprised when I found out that there, because there was like an article in the paper of our local high school that there was heroin in the school. And maybe that makes me naive. And I never thought of myself as that because, you know, I'm pretty well versed in all of these things. But I was definitely surprised. For pot, I wasn't so surprised at all, really. So let's talk about the age since this is being legalized and since there are studies that are, you know, really conflicting as to whether or not this causes an overuse or an abuse of the situation or whether it takes the mystery out of it, whatever it's doing and whatever the studies say, what age do we start with our kids discussing drugs, discussing all of those things? Yeah, I would definitely start uh, in, in junior high, so around like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And again, the reason you want to sort of start that conversation early and before they would have any access to it um, is because you want to prepare them. And it could even start even earlier. And you want to sort of give your, your child all the information that they need that these substances have harmful effects on you. They can lead to very uh, bad social situations where you no longer want to study or have any of those educational goals that you had for themselves. So that they're armed when you know when they're out with their friends you know after soccer practice or if they're at a party and someone offers them something um, and you know even if it's alcohol or tobacco uh, that they're already armed with the fact that uh, they know that their family is, is against this they know that there is bad health effects um, that are associated with this so you really want to do start that conversation and you know uh, you know sort of like discussing dating and, and, and sexual activity, you want to come off not as a disciplinarian. You want to give them very practical advice that, look, um, the reason I'm telling you this is because you could get yourself in a lot of health and social trouble, like dropping out or getting in trouble with the law. These are the reasons why we, we feel as a family that you shouldn't use these substances. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point and a good way to discuss it as we as a family or along those lines. So the fact that these things are being legalized now and this is my question to you, and, and I imagine a lot of other parents have this question. What do we reveal about our past use? And as I said kind of near the beginning, I grew up in the 70s. I was in high school in the 70s. It was a different deal back then. It was not even something my parents necessarily looked down upon because they had six other kids that grew up in the 60s. So what do we reveal of what we've done? And does that give license to our children to say, well, my folks did it, so I can? Yeah, that, it, that's that's a very interesting question. And, you know, some parents might be tempted to sort of use their personal history with substance use as a means to help their children not make the same mistakes that they did. But I'm very hesitant to do that because, as we know, uh, in the process of development, our our mid our early adolescents and our mid adolescents they they think more in very concrete terms where they're not able to sort of project that you know since my parent did it they're, they're telling me this for a good reason where they I think they're more likely to interpret your own substance use as well my parents did it and they turned out okay so that's probably what's going to happen to me. I would be very hesitant to sort of use your own su own substance use in the past. And actually, research sort of shows that that when uh, parents uh, use that sort of method of describing their own substance use, that um, it gets interpreted as, well, my parents did it, so it's I'll probably be okay if I do it as well. 
it's much better just to sort of give the the very blanket information about the health effects and leave your own substance use history out of it. Um, I wouldn't encourage anyone to lie. So if, it, if it's you know well known that you did, or um, if if you're actually you know if you're asked about it and you're in your later child is in the late adolescence, you might consider you know just divulging that. But I would be very hesitant. Okay. <laughs> Oops. Well, I mean, I kind of waited till my kids were pretty late in their teens to do some of that stuff and even in their 20s there. But I mean, that's a really good point that you make. And, and I certainly can see why we should be hesitant. Because I mean, I suppose when I heard my big brothers and sisters were doing things, it does kind of open the door. And so... Before we wrap up this very important segment, what would you like parents to know about, I mean, we've done segments on vaping, we've done segments on abusive situations with drug and addiction and all of these things, but what would you like parents to know about the pros and the cons? What we're seeing now when kids might be confused, they're hearing that medicinal marijuana might have benefits, but that recreational definitely can mess with your school year and your schoolwork and your motivation and all of these things and that hard drugs are bad but light drugs are not it can be so confusing and alcohol kind of fits into this whole picture as well what would you like parents to take away from this episode about alcohol and drug use and the conversations we must have with our kids to keep them on that good track and to get them to understand that these things can be so dangerous and how do we frame that? Give us your best advice, Doc. Well, you know, from the you know the average parent might sort of look back at their own uh, high school years and they might think, well, you know, back in the '60s, '70s, '80s, and '90s, you know, cannabis use, you know, the the main component of cannabis was THC and had at about two percent produced mild euphoria. But that's not necessarily the case nowadays. And so nowadays, the, they've been basically um, genetically modifying the cannabis plant to have up to 28% of THC. And then even furthermore, they'll extract the THC out of the cannabis plant. So that's about 95% THC. So that sort of the mild euphoria that you might have known of in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s is not what's being used. So I would very highly caution parents about uh, educating their, their children that cannabis, while you know, sort of has been touted as you know, medicinal, and just mild euphoria, it actually is considered a hard drug now the way it's been modified. And you need to tell your, with your children about this. And also as we're seeing legalization sort of roll out, I would also often caution parents about realizing how this is going to be advertised. Uh, you know, from the 90s, we saw tobacco products, you know, we had Camel Joe, a cartoon, we had product placements and movies, all these sort of playbook marketing schemes that tobacco use, we might be seeing this with, with cannabis. And indeed we are, you know, it's not uncommon to see a cannabis outdoor billboard next to a, a college campus or using cartoon imagery. Um, so I think you parents, it's, it's, it's the onus is on parents to sort of have these conversations that, you know, as we see more and more cannabis uh, being advertised, we need to let them know that there are actually harmful effects. And most of the research shows that, you know, there's major cognitive delay in people who are regular cannabis users. They, they score poorly with working memory and cognition and uh, impulsivity. And actually, functional MRIs actually show a, a, a difference in cannabis users and non-cannabis users because the brain doesn't fully develop until they're 20. So just all the more reason to have healthy discussions with their 
their children about the dangers of cannabis use because I think that's probably the, the biggest hot button issue nowadays. And then not also to and then also to remember to talk about vaping and um, tobacco and alcohol use and the sort of the situations that they can get themselves into, both uh, social situations like date rape and and other things like that, and then also health effects of you know vaping and causing lung damage. Great advice. And really good conversations, you know, and conversation starters, doctor, that you've given us today to have with our kids, our tweens, for sure, and our teens to really get them going early, to understand the dangers, to understand the repercussions, to understand the consequences and all of these things. So thank you so very much. And parents listening, so important to have this open line of communication with your kids and really to keep the conversations going and remember to share these shows with your friends and family on your social media because that way you can help get that conversation going with them. And also look to your pediatrician. If you have any issues, if you have trouble starting that conversation, feel free to bring that up with your pediatrician because that's what they are there for. And we do love the American Academy of Pediatrics, the gold standard. Our pediatricians are here to help help us raise our children and to raise them safely. And that is really what it's completely all about. So you can listen to these shows on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are played, but we like you to listen at RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole for the American Academy of Pediatrics, HealthyChildren.org, and RadioMD. Stay well.